Let's get real. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of America WK. My name is Andrew WK and it is wonderful to be back with you again. I can't believe that another week has passed. I don't even know exactly how to describe it. It doesn't feel like a lot of time. It doesn't feel like a short amount of time. It doesn't really feel like any time has passed or not passed. It's difficult to describe, but I would equate it to some sort of solid experience of time versus a fluid experience of time. Rather than time passing, or rather than us moving through time, it's felt like uh, I am speaking to you again now in the same time that I spoke to you before last week. Like it's just one time, like it's one constant time, not in the past, not in the present. I don't have any way to divvy up the time. But it's good to be with you, whether it feels like another time or whether it feels like the same time or whether it just feels like no time at all. It's good to be back with you. I hope you're doing okay. I would say I hope you're doing really well, but I've I've often thought about that when you're not in the immediate vicinity of someone, like if you're writing someone a letter or leaving someone a, a, a voicemail message or just contacting someone in general and say, I hope you're doing great, I hope you're doing well. What if they're not doing great or well? What if they're in the midst of some type of ordeal or extraordinarily challenging circumstance? If, if I was, for example, let's just say, uh, like I had really bad food poisoning and someone said, I hope you're doing great, I don't really have the ability to reach out to them at that moment and say, no, I'm not doing great. And at the same time, even if I could write back or reach back out to their communication, I don't know that I would really want to say, no, I'm not doing great, thanks for asking, or since you asked, I thought you should know I'm not doing great. And maybe even when we think we're not doing great, we actually are doing great. Or maybe when we ask someone if they're doing great or express that we hope they're doing great, we actually don't really know what that even would mean or entail. I just hope you're existing in a state that allows you to continue to exist for a good amount of time and that you're getting something out of it. What does doing great anyway really mean? Being content, being in a state of physical pleasure, being in a state of emotional or mental pleasure, being free of pain but not necessarily surrounded by any kind of pleasurable experience, just the absence of bad feelings. Is doing great just not having problems? Maybe that is sort of the best kind of greatness it's not like you're doing something so extraordinary that it cancels out all your other problems. Maybe it's that you just don't have any really bad problems at that moment. But that seems kind of pathetic too. So I wish you peace. I wish you pleasure. I wish you the experience of goodness, both uh, expressed out of yourself and also 
uh, with the hopes that you can receive goodness, that you give it and take it. And uh, I guess I wish for you what I wish for myself. So uh, whether you're doing great or not, that's a lot of pressure. And that type of pressure actually is going to be discussed in today's main topic, which I think can be best summed up as passion and nonsense. Passion and nonsense. What do we think of when we hear those two words? Well, passion is a very powerful word and stirs up a lot of immediate feelings, at least for me. I don't necessarily think of a type of breathless, flushed, physical lust, but rather a state of prolonged enthusiasm and directed energy. That can happen in a physical way. That can happen in a sexual or romantic way. But uh, passion is not reserved for the physical. Passion can be found in really any area of human existence. And perhaps it's best when it's found in a passion for life itself. And our other main word on this topic, nonsense. Well, nonsense, beyond just something that doesn't make sense, I was trying to use it to represent BS, horse pucky. BS, we all understand that concept, but do we really? Because that's a very elusive idea too. It's sort of like nonsense, but it's somehow even more pointless than even nonsense. Because if I just ramble on, like I often do on our show here, but actually say nothing, like just going Now that is truly nonsense. That is nonsensical. Although there could be more truth in that blabbering than in most of what I, or any of what I say every week here. But BS, or horse pucky, seems to uh, allude to something more than just blabble. It's kind of uh, when something is presented as being legitimate, as being direct and true and worthy of our attention and worthy of our interest and energy, and yet is absolutely not. And maybe the difference is with nonsense, I think most folks are aware that blah, 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 is nonsense, including the person that is going blah, 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 blah. But with uh, bullcrap, it's not always clear if anyone is aware of just how nonsensical it actually may be, including the person putting it forward. And that is where we get into a very disturbing area of human experience. Now, as far as how does passion relate to nonsense or bullcrap, I don't really know. I'm going to attempt to relate them throughout today's episode. I'm also going to talk about some questions and some uh, ideas that relate or revolve around these concepts. And we'll just see, as usual, see what happens, see where this topic takes us. 
sometimes I start with a very clear idea of what I want to talk about, and sometimes I don't. But hopefully we get somewhere in the midst of our time together. And I hope that we get some kind of valuable insight. Maybe, as usual, it's nothing new. It's not something that we didn't already know. It's not even something that we hadn't already been thinking about ourselves deeply, perhaps. But that we're just here to confirm and reaffirm and reassure and support each other in these notions. That was something I was asked uh, very recently is, why don't you talk more about current events? Well, there's many reasons for that. Uh, The first one being that I don't feel uh, it's necessary. There's so many fantastic discussions already being had about current events. And second of all, I feel like uh, the things that are not being discussed are perhaps even more important. Or maybe they're being discussed, but in a very quiet way. And maybe even this radio show is just another quiet discussion. Not necessarily yelling out and not necessarily even being heard by that many people other than you. But even with that humble space that this show may fill, I hope it does give some kind of amplification to the quieter, less discussed ideas or feelings or thoughts and experiences that we are having. And that should not be ignored or cast aside in favor of current events or anything else. Every aspect of life is a current event, and they all deserve some level of discussion. And these inner feelings that we're having are perhaps the most important in terms of understanding all the other experiences that happen outside of us. This is America WK. Thank you again for being with me. I'll be right back. America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. This is really difficult for Hillary. Hillary and Bill, they are in a situation they are not used to. See, they used to automatically get a pass from these progressive groups that are based on race, things like Black Lives Matter. They were already the candidates because they were the extremists. Now somebody has out-extremed them, and they got to get in there and fight for their vote. This is a perfect spectacle of what America has become. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, the king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K. Welcome back to America W.K. This is Andrew W.K. And today's topic is passion and nonsense. And we'll do our best to dive into each of those and then try to tie them together in some way. Uh, Perhaps they don't even need to be tied together because they already kind of work as a pair of opposing feelings. If we think of passion as something very important to us, or even if it's not necessarily that important that we have very strong feelings about it, and we could say that nonsense is almost as far from that as you can get. Something that might not feel important at all. It might not mean anything at all. It might not mean anything to us or even to itself. Now with passion, I was thinking about this because someone wrote in, to my weekly advice column. 
and asked me how to find their passion. And they were specifically describing, uh, I don't actually really remember how old they said they were, but uh, I think perhaps I, from what I could tell, from what I remember of the question, somewhere in their mid-20s, and that they had, at least compared to their friends and family, not yet discovered their passion, not yet found a main interest in life, not yet devoted themselves to some particular pursuit, which was supposed to then inform their very personality and give an entire structure and direction to the rest of their lives. Now, this idea of even having something in life that is so definitive seems a little bit overwhelming in itself. I mean, we could say for most people, in fact, for most living beings, survival is probably the number one passion. You know, not dying. Not dying is what we are in most ways devoted to and put all of our initial resources towards that, towards that end. Wanting to live as comfortably, as free of pain, and for as long as possible. And that should be a passionate pursuit, as far as we're aware, biologically speaking. Uh, for those who don't feel that compelled to live, it's a very interesting scenario. It's hard to even imagine. It's hard to even imagine the body being able to respond to a mind that doesn't care that much about surviving. But we actually do see it happen. And we see the body's incredible, almost automatic, passionate response to surviving despite the lack of will to live, maybe in the mind or the spirit. The body has this uh, incredible desire to not die, or at least not for a long time or as long as it can. So in that way, we already do sort of have a passion but we're talking more about this kind of occupational passion. And this is where this kind of pressure comes in. Because there seems to be, oh, right from a very young age, a lot of pressure that we put on each other. That society and culture puts on everyone. And that what we put on ourselves to have some kind of interest. And that can start as a hobby things that we do for fun, things that we don't necessarily think of as work or that we do in addition to work, things that we seem to think give meaning to our lives that either distract us from otherwise stressful situations or give us some kind of relief from the hardships of life or that give us so much joy and energy and inspiration uh, and fulfillment that we're able to actually take that energy and apply it to the rest of our life. Sort of a kind of secret weapon, a part of our life that we reserve just for ourselves and just for the sake of itself. So someone could be very passionate about following sports um, as well as playing them. That can become a hobby or an interest. Uh, someone could be very passionate about cooking, not just to put food on the table every night in the form of a family meal or a meal for oneself, but uh, in exploring the different types of preparations, the world of cuisine, and how 
different flavors and spices and techniques can elevate food to more than just sustenance. Someone who enjoys uh, music and playing music for the sheer pleasure of it without any uh, particular reason in terms of a career or performing for others, just likes to play the guitar. Uh, fishing, uh, gardening, uh, drawing, painting, there are countless. And in fact, many hobbies or interests can then become passions or careers, and vice versa. Many things that other people would do for work can actually be a passionate pursuit that someone else follows surely for pleasure. It's hard to imagine some of those, but I bet you, actually, I have friends who to them, they love cleaning. They really love cleaning. They love organizing. And I don't think they do it in a compulsive way or an obsessive way, no more than any other hobby or interest might have elements of compulsion. They get a, a genuine joy out of ordering their surroundings or even the surroundings of others. Even my mom gets a kick out of helping people clean up. And it's not, again, it's not a germophobic type of obsessiveness. It's not about scouring and steam cleaning and bleaching every surface. It's about uh, decluttering and the kind of organizational, almost like Tetris, you know, or some kind of puzzle game. A place for everything, a thing for every place. And the feeling of achievement and satisfaction and, and, and real happiness that can be found by organizing your life. Now, to someone else, that could just be called being a janitor or being a maid. But uh, some people, like my mom, they, they do that for joy. And, of course, there are folks out there that have turned their own passion for organizing or cleaning into a business, into an entire career. But yet, that's still not really what I'm talking about when I'm talking about passion. It's not really a hobby or an interest. And what this person that wrote in to me asking about was saying that they have yet to find something that they care about at all in this way. Or, or it appears to them that when they think, what is my passion, that they don't have any answer. And they're surrounded by friends and family and all kinds of other countless examples of people who have found their passion very early on and devoted their life from the very beginning as soon as they could devote their life to something, they had that thing to devote it to. And there didn't seem to be much doubt in their mind as to what that thing was. How fortunate for all these people to be so clear and so definitive in where they were going in life. Maybe they didn't know how to get there, but they knew what they were going to do while they got wherever they were going. So what is a person to do that doesn't have that kind of clarity or thinks that they don't have it? What is that person supposed to, to do to find their passion? What are they supposed to do to respond to all that pressure? How do they get through life feeling as though there is nothing more to come or there is no dream to be realized because they don't even know what the dream would be? Someone asked them, if you could do anything, what would you do? Money being no object, they might not have any answer. I just don't know. I just don't know. It's hard for some people to imagine that. But really, what does that have to do with passion? And if that is the situation, how can 
we find some way to move forward, find some sort of focus. This is America WK. Stay with me, I'll be right back. A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater. And you think, well, we're not doing anything wrong. I know you're not. But anything that can be perceived, anything that can be manipulated by the media to look like hate, they're going to grab it and they're going to run with it. But, you know, and I don't know if this is the right answer, but a day of service. A day of service cannot possibly be spun to look like a hateful, evil thing, right? So we got to do something where it's just beyond reproach. Mike Slater. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK and we're talking about passion. Specifically passion and nonsense. We haven't gotten that deep into nonsense yet besides trying to lightly define it as a type of bullcrap. A type of uh, shallow, meaningless blather that masquerades, and that part is very important, as something genuine and worthy of our time and attention. But we are talking about passion right now. We'll get into nonsense in a moment later in the show. And I'm going to try to find some way to relate these two. So far, they just seem very unrelated, and that's the only thing that relates them. And that way, I guess everything's related. But we're talking about passion as this kind of uh, life pursuit, a calling that one may have, a clarity of purpose, uh, an interest that is so all-consuming that it becomes your life. Now, I think that this, for a lot of people, and maybe even in its own definition, is somewhat of a fantasy. It doesn't mean that it's not a, it could be a fantasy that is able to be fulfilled, but it seems like this sort of idealized version. When I picture someone who has a passion, and I feel like I've seen these people talking about their work on TV programs or in business articles or seeing them on the cover of business magazines, People whose passion is equated or it seems to inform their success. Uh, and that in order to be successful at anything, especially business, you have to have this kind of passion. This kind of uh, dedication that is so all-consuming and so obsessive that it allows you this one-track mind and this ability to focus in spite of everything else. Everything else in the world is happening, and yet you're more or less blind to it because of your passion. Now, why is that even considered a desirable state of mind? I don't even know if that would be a really good way to live. And when I picture someone who is so passionate and devoted to this one particular pursuit that they feel is what they're meant to do, yet is not able to engage 
in any other part of life and makes great efforts to distance themselves from any other part of life, whether that be friends, family, uh, other interests beyond their one and only interest, or even just an openness to the rest of the world, a kind of humble openness that admits that you and your one pursuit may not be the most important thing in the world to other people or even to yourself. A kind of open-mindedness that doesn't seek to uh, distract you from doing what you really want to do, but I guess kind of keeps things somewhat balanced or at least a bit more expansive than life simply being about this one thing. I don't know if this is an American trait, and again, I don't know that it's necessarily a, a bad quality. I just think it deserves to be thought of, thought about deeply. Uh, is that type of obs obsessiveness really good or even really beneficial in the long run to, to giving us what we would call a good life? I think we could, with just a little contemplation, realize that it's, it's, it's perhaps not at all. And so, as far as the, the number of people that actually do live that way, or want to create the impression in their own minds and in the minds of people around them that they are living that way, that obsessive one passion, I think most of us don't live that way. And this pressure comes from feeling like we should from feeling like if we could just get a little more obsessed, then we'd really be successful at whatever this particular interest may be, this particular activity, this particular career. If we could just simplify our life, if we could just scale it down, if we could just zero in, just push ourselves a little harder or a lot harder, then we could be like this, then we could live like this, then we could be on the cover of a magazine as a titan of obsessive, compulsive dedication to this one and only pursuit. Again, going back to what we first discussed when we were talking about passion, if there was one thing that we should be that passionate about, that obsessive uh, about, that, that completely devoted to, then it would be life itself. Not an aspect of life, not a particular part of life, but the entire phenomenon, the entire experience. That, I think, is what being a human being is. And instead of celebrating that and rewarding that, someone who is completely obsessed with being alive, we seem to really be hard on that and consider it a kind of wishy-washiness. You gotta uh, hunker down and pick one thing to be and be it. In fact, you can't even be yourself. You have to be someone who does something. It's not enough to just be you. You has to be made up of a career or a certain job or a certain passion. I, I, that just seems like nonsense. That to me seems like a great, uh, a great shame, a great tragedy. Because the truth is we're all much bigger than one passion. Doesn't mean we can't devote ourselves to one passion, but we are devoting a great wealth of resources, a great expansiveness of power to one thing. And again, the one thing that is only the one thing that I can think of that's worthy of all of that we have to give would be life itself. A devotion 
to this mysterious experience called not being dead. And so with that, the poor person who feels all this pressure to pick some kind of vocation, to pick a trade that they have to have this kind of obsessive connection to, that, doesn't, that has nothing to do with life. That is icing on the cake. And in many ways, I think, in fact, in the most genuine situations, that type of passion is not something that you find or you choose or you decide. That is something that reveals itself to you. That is something that chooses you. That is a need that is fulfilled by what you can give to it. So the great pianist doesn't decide he wants to become a great pianist. Piano decides that it wants him to play it. As strange as that may be, or as hard as it may be to imagine that, with all this pressure to be someone who does this certain thing, we see this happen. I, I, I've had friends who had felt the same kind of pressure and were constantly be, being ridiculed, especially by their parents and teachers, that they had no direction, that they needed to pick something and stick with it, that they had to figure out who they were. And in, in the teachers' minds, who they were was some kind of activity. It wasn't a being. It wasn't a, a, an inner spirit, an intangible source of vitality. Who they were was doing math or applying to colleges or making something of themselves. Very distressing, very stressful. This is America WK. We're talking about passion and definitely talking about nonsense. I'll be right back. America WK with your host, Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. With Michael Pelka. This week, we're breaking down the debate, but in a special way, through the last words spoken by each candidate. Hear their final statements and pick the winner based only on those words. That's this week on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka. Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Okay, welcome back to America WK. We've been talking about passion and nonsense. And passion specifically as this type of energetic obsession that inspires someone to devote themselves, all of themselves, to a particular pursuit. There may not even be a particular end that they're interested in. It could be just the pursuit itself. But I think this word passion has been completely distorted or misconstrued or lost and has, in its distorted form, come to represent a kind of lifestyle or set of interests and often becomes equated with some kind of career. 
As in, someone asks you, what's your passion? Well, I like cooking, so I'm going to become a chef, and that's my passion, and that's my interest in life, and that's what I do. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, of course. There are many people who are meant to be as involved with food as someone could possibly be. But the pressure that we feel we need to put on each other to find some kind of passion really can throw a wrench in the workings of uh, a largely mysterious process. We cannot force a passion on anyone or on ourselves. We cannot force ourselves to find something. And so this person who wrote in to me asking, how do I find my passion? I say, you don't find it. Let it find you. Spend your time living your life as best as you possibly can. And the skills and virtues that you develop through that process, through that passionate devotion to your own life, to just living well, will allow passion to find you. And it seems to me, from a lot of people that I've uh, encountered or read about, that they didn't necessarily know exactly what they wanted to do from an early age. Sure, some of them did, but just as many had their path shown to them. There's so much pressure put on people to chart their own way, to take out their machete and carve away through the wild jungle and chart their own course and take control of their destiny. These are all admirable qualities. They're, these are all understandable. We like this idea of, of self-reliance and self-determination. But even in those cases, I would at least encourage the person who feels that they made it all on their own and did whatever they had to do to get where they wanted to go despite whatever was in the way. I would encourage them to back up a little bit or zoom out a little bit and consider that even in that extreme case where they felt they were in charge all along and they were charting the path and they were mapping out where they wanted to go and how they were going to get there, that in fact it may have been a lot more complicated than that. And it's very romantic to certain people of a certain mindset, of a certain sensibility to think of themselves as self-made to think of themselves as having done everything on their own without any outside influence, without any good fortune, without any coincidence or synchronicity, without any outside force at work. But perhaps that's not the case. And perhaps we should be very glad that things are not that removed from one another, that we are all much more mixed up and entangled in a web that we most of the time can't see. And we probably could see it if we looked for it a little bit more or allowed it to reveal itself to us instead of being so busy mapping and charting and plotting and scheming ourselves. I think a lot of times what people are meant to do, not what they want to do, not what they feel like they're supposed to do, but what they really should do comes from a place that has very little to do with our instincts and inclinations. And if they are instincts, and impulses. They are very deep within, much deeper than our mind, our intellect could grasp and grapple with. Uh, they come from the heart. That's why a lot of times what people want to do, they just think they can't do because it seems absurd. Their heart is telling them, you are meant to, geez, gosh, uh, be, 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 talk, talk on a radio show about inner feelings. Now, if someone had told me that, uh, let's see, when I was 18 years old and was moving to New York City 
because I wanted to be a painter and a fashion designer and work in an art gallery and in an avant-garde Japanese clothing store, I would have said, you're completely crazy. Because not only did none of that seem to have anything to do with what my mind had decided were my interests, I didn't even think that would be possible to do. Not only because I didn't have any skills in talking on a radio show about life and inner feelings, the inner spirit, but because I just didn't, it wouldn't even have crossed my mind as it would be like seeing a, you know, a flying pink elephant. It seemed as likely as that. And yet here I am doing this. I never planned on doing this. I didn't 20 years ago say someday I'm going to have a radio show and I'm going to chart this all out. But wait. Because actually, if I do go back, the truest, most inner parts of myself that were so true and so internal and so fragile, but so resilient, those parts actually were getting ready to do this radio show, even back when I was four or five years old. The part of me that couldn't be figured out, that couldn't be translated into a career, that couldn't be understood as a series of interests that you check off on a, a personality test. Some part of, of what it was for me to be me was going to um, realize itself in a way that I never could have expected. And yet, I couldn't be more thankful that I'm talking with you about it right now. This is America WK. I'll be right back. Thank you. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. We have been treated to steady diets of stories about how the light footprint lead from behind foreign policy is putting us at risk. For example, the, the revelation that our Marines can no longer deploy on Navy ships, that we have to hitch a ride on, on foreign ships because we don't have enough ships in the fleet to accommodate our Marines. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, welcome back to America WK. My name is Andrew WK, and today's topic is passion and nonsense. We've largely spent the first half of this show uh, talking about the passion side, and if I could sum it all up now, I would say allow yourself the space to be your full self. Do not feel the need to cram all of that massive being, that spirit of yourself, into one thing. Accept you. Accept life. Accept existing. It doesn't need to be crammed into a certain career. It doesn't need to be crammed into a certain interest or what we call a quote-unquote passion. The passion for life is the only passion that anyone should have. And how that then manifests is largely up to 
life itself, not even us, which is very distressing. We like to think we're in control of everything. We like to think that we decide what we do. But maybe we don't actually do our best when we do decide those things. And if we think a little bit about what happens to us when we do force ourselves to turn ourselves into something, force ourselves to to commit to a path of our own choosing, force ourselves to decide who and what we are. I'm the kind of person who likes this, this, and that, so I do this with my life. I know who I am. I can tell you that if you really do have that clarity, I am envious. I have no idea who I am, not in any way that I could describe to you or even describe to myself. I'm something. That's something that is me. It doesn't seem like anyone else is, and and, and no one else is you either. But I would feel ridiculous trying to sum that up into a career or into an interest. People have asked me, like, what are your interests? I don't have any interests except life. That to me is the, the only really interesting thing is, is life itself, which is great because that's a huge, that's everything and includes everything. Everything is interesting in that way. So let's give ourselves that much space. Let's be that expansive. Let, let, let's allow ourselves to contain everything. And let's not give in to that pressure, that ridiculous, absurd, nonsensical pressure that tells us we have to decide what and who we are. It should be decided for us. You know, really, it should be decided once we've died and other people look back and try to make sense out of our lives. And I think even for most people, if they had some massive career and achieved a certain kind of success in a certain field, yeah, they'll probably be thought of as that way. Uh, as that's who they were. But of course, anyone who spent any time with that person will know that that's only just one fraction. Even the, the, the most successful businessman in the world, you'd hope that they're not that one-dimensional. And why would we want to be that one-dimensional? Why do we want a one-dimensional life? Is it easier? Maybe it's easier. Maybe it's less stressful. But I think all the effort in trying to cram so much into that one degrees of existence that takes even more energy than just letting it all flow wherever it flows trying to uh, ignore and eradicate and block out all those other parts of life while we try to focus just on this one thing that we are i don't want to ever identify myself by what i do or anyone else by what they do that's icing on the cake Who they are is the best thing about them. And it has nothing to do with what they do. It may be connected in some way, but there's an inner spirit within them that is separate and above every action, every activity, every interest, every belief, every opinion. And the more that we define and identify ourselves and other people by those things that are not them, the further and further we slip away from humanity, from our true selves, from our best selves. Seems like this inner self that cannot be defined somehow is less because of that. And in fact, it's much more. It's everything. So what does this have to do with nonsense? Well, that's our other topic half. And I was saying like a midlife crisis is a great example of uh, a revelation of nonsense. And I think midlife crisis can happen 
much earlier than what would be technically described as someone's middle life. You could have it happen in your 20s. doesn't have to be in your 50s, 40s. could happen when you're a teenager. In fact, I think it does happen many times. As one version of yourself is unfolded into a larger version. And the crisis comes from not being able to accept that unfolding, that growth. It's like a growing pain. And it's coupled with maybe fear and terror at seeing oneself evolve. Because sometimes it's evolving in a way that you didn't expect or maybe don't even like. Maybe because we put so much into who we thought we were already that when it's revealed to us that that has nothing to do with who we really are, we're freaked out about it. What about all that wasted time, all that wasted energy, all those efforts, all that... uh, Life that I lived thinking that it was all about this thing that it has nothing to do with. Now what? I don't want to just throw that all away. Well, of course, it's never all thrown away. Nothing is ever wasted. No experience is a wasted experience, really. I mean, it's all adding up into learning and growing. But that's painful. And I think uh, when we realize something that we've been engaged in turns out to be nonsense, turns out to be bullcrap, that may be most distressing of all, that maybe even who we thought we were was bullcrap. That is terrifying. Talk about crisis. We feel like we have to rebuild our entire idea, not just of life, but of who we are in the midst of life. I think this happens, uh, the first time I remember feeling like this, definitely happened as a teenager. It's hard to say exactly what year. I'd say... I'd say probably 13, 14. Started to look around me. And a lot of what I encountered or thought of as sort of the real world, the world of other people and structures and systems, the media, business, entertainment, social conventions, institutions of learning, of government... Uh, everything, in fact, that was outside of me started to seem like a bunch of BS. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. And of course, it not not really wasn't all BS, but I'd never even really looked at it before. I don't think I was capable of really looking at it before. It was just there. The world around me was there like the sky was there. The world around me was there like time was there like the air was there it was just part of what existed but I never really considered it never really thought about what it meant to itself or to me and when I finally recognized that it was even there at all I was pretty freaked out it all seemed really stupid and I couldn't believe that no one else saw how stupid it was Little did I realize that most people had already gone through what I was just beginning to go through, had realized it was stupid, and then found a way to to continue on within it, or apart from it, but with some kind of acceptance. But the outrage that I felt the first time I called BS, I called bullcrap, on the whole thing, the whole thing, 
the whole thing being everything that wasn't me in my selfish, self-centered, and very passionate headspace. And I was just completely flabbergasted that things were what they were, that, that they even had this advertisements. I remember just being completely shocked that anyone would watch an advertisement on TV for a product and actually think anything about it. It wasn't even worth getting angry about in a way. I couldn't believe that the companies or advertisers even made the advertisement. It was so over the top. And I had never thought about that before. And I was completely dumbfounded. The whole thing seemed like nonsense. And I didn't know what to do about it, except get very, very angry, very frustrated. This is America WK. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Bernie Sanders had a rally that was advertised for one day. 30,000 people showed up. Hillary Clinton had her West Coast rally. It had been advertised with television and radio to blow it up and to give everyone notice that Hillary would be there. And Hillary's rally yesterday drew 300. Uh-oh. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is America WK with Andrew WK, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to America WK. We were just talking about nonsense, uh, moving from passion now into nonsense. And the first realizations of the amount of nonsense that surrounds us, it is very shocking and painful. Awaking from that type of childhood sleep, where perhaps we're not naive necessarily, but we're just completely fixated on goodness, that as a very young child, we live in truth. We live in reality, really. And it's not until we're distracted by all the things that stand apart from that truth that we even have the chance to start calling BS on that stuff. And that's certainly what I felt around the age, probably 14, 15. It definitely coincided with uh, development, physical development. It coincided with uh, beginning to be able uh, to drive, to make uh, you know more adult decisions, to have some kind of independence. It forced me to enlarge my view of the world and consider things, uh, many things for the first time. And I was really outraged and freaked out by many of those things because it just all seemed stupid. And of course, it all wasn't stupid. If there really was anything stupid, it was me. But it's a very uh, justifiable and understandable kind of anger and frustration when f- someone first encounters the injustice and nonsense of the world around them. The absurdity of life. I had not realized this before. But a lot of that absurdity is largely self-created. It's created by us. It's not necessarily a fixture of the natural world. It is some particular uh, 
creation of the human world. Something that we obviously just enjoy. Perhaps more and more to muddle up our surroundings with an extraordinary amount of nonsense. And when I say nonsense, what's a really good way to define that? Maybe I would say things that don't immediately connect to the most fundamental and valuable aspects of life. So in that way, I wouldn't say, of course, that food is nonsense. And in that way, we you know, would would know that without food, we wouldn't be able to live. So things like food and maybe even restaurants, to a large degree, the entire food industry and agriculture, we could say that that isn't necessarily nonsense. But then within that, on top of that, there's all these things that aren't food that go along with this industry. If food is this true necessary aspect of life that we have to eat to live, then that should just be very simple. But there's all this other stuff added on top of it, literally, like, well, not icing on the cake. In this case, a bunch of, uh, you know, chemicals or uh, advertising, uh, aesthetics of different sorts, looking to create certain impressions in our mind about food, about ourselves, about other people, about life, all this noise added on to something that is so simple and elegant, which is just food. Now, at this point, I don't even really dislike a lot of this nonsense. Part of me, like I think a lot of other people, is very entertained and sort of uh, charmed, sort of delighted by some of this nonsense. And maybe the best comparison to that would be some kind of amusement park, some sort of carnival, like a circus-type environment where we're, 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 we're happy to be delighted and charmed and sort of swept up in this delirious excitement that we know isn't crucial. We know that you can make frosting without food coloring. We know that we could eat food without even eating frosting or any dessert. We know that sprinkles on top of food of any kind aren't necessarily important to life and and maybe even harmful in a way, but we like the sprinkles on top, the icing on the cake. So we're very forgiving of a lot of this. And again, we created it. We made it. This type of nonsense does not emerge out of the natural world apart from humans. In fact, it seems that the animal kingdom and plant kingdom and mineral kingdom, every area of life besides humans doesn't even have the ability to engage in this kinds of nonsense. They, it just doesn't happen. It cannot be corrupted. Maybe, then, a very good way to look at what this nonsense of the human world is. It's just corruption. And it's understandable that many of us like a little bit of corruption. As to why that is, it's best for us each to think very honestly and very deeply as to why we allow a little bit of corruption. Is it because that allows us to engage in a little bit of it? Is that because we may have engaged in it in the past and we feel like we can't tell someone else or accuse corruption itself of being bad when we've been so close or bound up in it? I don't know. I wish I hadn't even said those things, actually. It's best 
to figure that out for oneself. But there is something that we clearly like about this nonsense. And I don't know if it's as simple as that it's distracting or charming or entertaining, as I said at first, or if there's something sort of creatively inspiring about it. Because in many ways, it's just a massive brain drain. It's just exhausting. It just obscures the beauty that would otherwise be experienced up close and full-fledged. Stands in the way of things, this nonsense. Can largely stand in the way of ourself. Because when we get so bound up in nonsense that it becomes part of our life, that it becomes part of who we think we are, then it stands in the way of who we really are. We can't even see ourselves because we're covered in nonsense. We're covered in sprinkles and artificial coloring. And I like artificial coloring. I would much rather eat a cookie that had some kind of, uh, you know, blue and red frosting on it and sprinkles and all kinds of metallic little doodads and things and glitter. Why is that? I mean, it's obviously visually stimulating. But it seems to go into something deeper. It's like a treat. (laughs) It's like a treat. We are obsessed with treats. But really, do we really believe deep down inside that these treats are better than what they're taking the place of? Or that they're better than what we already have? It's like luxury items. Do we really believe that life is better with a very high-priced leather handbag? And if we do, how is it making life better? And what part of life is made better by it? Where are we in the midst of all that? What kind of, of, of world are we looking at where things like that are given any consideration at all? It's like a complete treat culture. Life is the biggest treat. It's like the biggest uh, special treat in comparison to being dead as far as far as we know or maybe not even being dead but just not existing because maybe death is a form of existence why do we like all this nonsense so much i'm i like it too this is america wk tons of nonsense a party for being alive this is america wk with andrew wk on the blaze radio network They're not going to say, look, I'm going to say anger baby because it's a very useful term because it explains. Anchor baby, by the way, chain migration, the chain tied to the anchor. Once the baby is here, the rest of the family gets to come here too. It is not just one. It is not just dreamers. It is everybody. And you are paying for it. That's the discussion we need to have. And oh, by the way, the 14th Amendment does not say that if you come here for five days, have a baby, that person's an American citizen. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The undisputed king of partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. 
Welcome back to America WK. And, and boy, I, I want to be the first to say that in terms of nonsense, this entire show is nonsense to a degree. I mean, it has nothing to do with actually living. I can talk all I want about living, about actually living. But none of that is necessary when it actually comes to living. Let me be the first to acknowledge that. We've been talking about passion and nonsense. And we described one of the first encounters, one of the first significant encounters with the world that seems to occur in adolescence, the early teenage years, is this realization that there is so much nonsense, that there is so much around us that has nothing to do with anything or has very little to do with what really matters. Or appears to. Now, it could be that everything matters. And in a large way, it does. It's just uh, how does it matter? And who does it matter to in, 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 in which cases? I've tried very hard lately to not necessarily order life that way. Or at least to say that if there are things that are less important or less, less valid that even their invalidity is a type of validity or has a type of value. Uh, I guess that's just sort of the, uh, the, uh, the idea that it's not glass half full or glass half empty. It's that what a joy that there is a glass there at all to be either half full or half empty. That everything counts depending how you use it. But after that first initial teenage outrage of calling BS on the world around you, and really seeing it for the first time, I think there's that, there's that second major revelation where you call BS on yourself. And boy, oh boy, that one is more intense. Because it's certainly more satisfying and more exciting and definitely a lot more self-empowering to call BS on everyone and everything else around you than to suddenly realize that maybe calling BS on yourself is in great need. That is perhaps what we would call a midlife crisis, where through all that pressure in those early years that start before, but certainly solidify themselves in the, the teenage years, those pressures to become someone, to figure out who you are, that you're supposed to know that by the time you're out of your teenage years. Well, you better choose who you're going to be carefully because come age 40 or 50 years old, you might turn out you chose to be the wrong person. And that's when you call BS on yourself. That's when you realize that your entire way of life has been a bunch of nonsense. But even this, of course, is a fantastic waking up. It's a necessary step. We have to go through this. You should actually go through it all the time, maybe in a small way every single day, calling ourselves out on every level, but on this very particular deep level about being true to ourselves, true to ourselves, our deepest inner self in a way that can't be distorted or corrupted, where there can't be any nonsense. How can we eliminate that nonsense? in our own way of life. It's not easy to, to do. 
I don't really know that many people ever do it. I certainly haven't. I haven't even gotten close. I think the closest I've gotten so far is realizing that it's possible or, or worth pursuing. I mean, this is definitely idealism of the highest order, to be yourself. What does that even mean? In a way, you can't put effort into doing it. I think what it is, is putting effort into not doing anything that isn't it. As we've discussed before on this show, it's easier to not do bad things than to try to figure out how to do good things. Seems like once you stop doing bad stuff, the good things naturally rise to the surface. So maybe if we just eliminate the nonsense in our own being, our own personality, our own our, the way we think of who we are, if we just stop thinking about that in general, maybe who we really are rises to the top. How many times have we ourselves or heard someone else describe themselves or describe ourselves as the kind of person who likes this, the kind of person who does this, the kind of person who's interested in this, defining ourselves by certain very casual interests and pursuits, not even just our career and our work, but our tastes and our preferences and our opinions and beliefs. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But mistaking it for who we actually are is possibly quite wrong. And after many years of thinking that who we are is based on those things like tastes, interests, opinions, beliefs, hobbies, pursuits, jobs, passions, only to then find out in the middle of your life that who you are has nothing to do with any of those things and that you've built this entire world around you, including an entire outlook based on those things, it can be very stressful. And that's a crisis. But what a fantastic crisis to go through. We hope that we come out the other side more of ourselves. But more able to be ourselves, too. It shouldn't be just some kind of a big tumbling down where we feel like everything's collapsed and we're this small, shaken, shivering self left underneath all that rubble. It should be that all of that rubble was inconsequential to who we really truly are. That indefinable spark and spirit that cannot be associated with any tangible idea other than truth and love. It's like a flavor or a texture or a quality that defies our ability to even, almost to even conceive of it. Yet, all we are doing is conceiving of it because that is us. Every thought that we have emerges from that place. Is, is, is textured and informed by that true self. Every feeling that we have, every action that we undergo comes from that place, emerges from that place. And we can litter the action or the feeling or the thought with extra stuff, extra treats and sprinkles as it emerges from our true self and then into the outside world. 
we can cover it in so much decoration that it might not even be recognizable by the time it, it gets into the outside world it, and we present it as ourselves. But it's in there somewhere. And it's actually more brilliant and spectacular than any amount of decoration and treats and sparkles or sprinkles could ever be. So how can we develop the courage to reveal ourselves to ourselves, to the world? This is a lifelong quest. This is perhaps, in fact, the very point of being alive. To bring out what is inside of us to the top, to the surface, to make it one. This is America WK. I'll be right back. This is America WK featuring Andrew WK only on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. Again, Mexico's going to pay for this wall, even though they say they won't. And here's how he's going to force them to. Right, he's going to impound all remittance payments derived from illegal wages. Okay, so he's going to impound all wages. How do you do that? Well, only only illegal payments. Only illegal remittance payments of illegal wages. Right. Which, of course, he's going to know through the system. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. Today's topic has been passion and nonsense. I hope that the entire discussion hasn't just descended into nonsense. I hope that there has been some clarity and that even my passion for this topic hasn't obscured what I'm trying to get at here. What I'm trying to say is that. Who each of us really is, is more beautiful and more spectacular and more special than anything we could ever try to do in addition to that. Any achievement that we may make as an individual in the outside world pales in comparison to the achievement of who we just happen to already be. The achievement of having come into existence. And that anything we could ever attain or build or make or any career we could devote ourselves to pales in comparison to the fact that we've already come into existence in this amazing thing called the world. That even the most adorable creation that we could make, the most spectacular achievement in technical skill or in artistry, pales in comparison to how adorable existence itself is, to how spectacular what we already are is, completely unadorned, completely without the need for any special additions or sprinkles. Who you really are is as good as it gets. And our only task then is to develop the courage to let that be seen, to become that entirely, and to not put so much energy into obscuring it, into dressing it up, into hiding it away, 
into distorting it or corrupting it or misdirecting it into some type of other version of itself. It is the best version of itself. You are the best version of yourself. And really, no matter what we've done in terms of our own nonsense, is all more than forgivable. Because it's all part of the process of understanding all this. That's why even the nonsense we see around us, that we know we made, we created, that humanity came up with all this craziness, even that, even when it's at its darkest, we have to have the strength to have compassion for that. And to not see it as completely separate from us. But to see it as just another part of the confusion we face as we try to really become ourselves. Have compassion for all the nonsense. And allow that compassion to manifest as love. Not as love that overlooks wrongs or injustice. And not a love that takes away an understanding of what lies beneath all the nonsense. Of the goodness that is trying to break free. Not a love that just says, oh, well, whatever. I would be very happy if I personally could stop saying whatever at all. I don't want to ever say that again about anything. Oh, whatever. Not whatever. Very specific. I want to be very specific about everything. Have the strength to be specific. Have the strength to see everything through everything. To see beneath the nonsense to the beauty that is there. Even the most distorted nonsense emerged from that beauty. We have to have compassion for the weakness that allows us to drown in so much nonsense. It's hard. That is one of the hardest things of all. That is as hard as developing the courage to be ourselves. Is to develop the compassion for those that don't yet have the strength to be themselves. For those things in life that don't have the strength to be themselves. All that distracts us from what's really going on, we have to have compassion for. First it's anger, well first it's probably just complete ignorance, then it's anger and outrage, then perhaps it's exhaustion and frustration and disillusionment, and then there's a kind of compassion. And that compassion is where we can actually make constructive progress, overcoming our shortcomings, rising above the chaos and revealing the order that's already there. Not having to make order out of chaos, but realizing the beautiful order that's already there. The chaos is what we have added on top of it all. I realize I've gotten rather abstract at this point. <laughs> As I'm trying to sum things up in clarity, it's descending into its own type of uh, chaotic abstractness. Sorry about that. That's because these things are hard to talk about. But, but I really am so glad that we give ourselves this chance every week to go into these ideas. To talk about the things that are, are, are almost impossible to talk about. That's exciting to me right there. And let us continue to think about the things that are almost, almost impossible to think about. 
Because they're not impossible. They're just challenging. And with enough strength, enough courage, and enough support, we keep cheering each other on as we go through this together. We're not alone in thinking about these things, and we're not alone in thinking about thinking about them. Stay passionate. See through the nonsense. Allow passion to even be seen as nonsense. Most of all, stay strong and stay in love with life. Thank you very much. This has been America WK. Talk to you very soon. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.